This is Leadership in Action, and I'm Casey Cheshire. Join me as we delve deep into the passions, expertise, and experiences of Boston area innovators. Sponsored by the Boston chapter of the Entrepreneurs Organization, this is Leadership in Action. I hit a button, and the roller coaster, the magic begins, <laughs> the rockets launch to the sky, uh, the Boston fireworks are shooting off everywhere. Man, today's conversation is going to be such, uh, I, I can't wait to dive into it, the myth, all the, the content, but wait, who are we talking to today? That is a very special part of today. Mm -hmm. He's an entrepreneur, an investor, creator, an advisor, all around badass, 20-year veteran in the finance world, mm -hmm. best-dressed member of EO Boston, guaranteed, <laughs> partner at Everybody Fights, senior partner at CFG Brokerage Network. Mike Moran, welcome to the show, sir. Thanks, Casey. Thanks for having me. Um, probably won't be that exciting. I'm, I'm a little boring sometimes, but we'll, <laughs> we'll try to have some fun with it. Boring, but so well dressed, sir. We're gonna have to get fashion advice from you so that all the CEOs in, in the in the room here listening can upgrade their look. Uh, and if you're not, if you're listening, you need to go to YouTube. You can check out this is casual Mike right here. Um, absolutely, absolutely. Let's get into this. So the question is, what is a common misconception about leadership, running a business, and being an entrepreneur? Yeah, great question. It's challenging. I think um, the biggest misconception uh misconception that i see out there is once you your company reaches a certain amount of financial success or growth or people perceive that it's really busy so it must be doing really well it becomes easier right once you ramp out of that startup phase or whatever it might be and and in my experience it actually becomes more challenging right because from you know, running a small organization where it might just be you starting out to running a larger organization and have many different people with you is just as challenging, just in different ways, right? When you own a company and you're in an environment or you're traveling, whatever it is, you always have to be on, right? There is no downtime in my right. experience, right? And it's, you know, how you communicate with your peers or people that work with you, team members, employees, you always have to pay attention to how that is. Um, you have to be empathetic. You, you should be, you know, very polite. The leader's job is to stay calm when there's stressful situations going on. If you're having a bad month, if you're having a bad quarter, whatever it is, the leader's job to fight through that and and get everybody through because it's not about you anymore right it's about everybody else you know it's really hard and you got to be conscious of of how people think so a lot of times people think you know behind the scenes that the leader's not working as much well in my experience that nine out of ten times that's not the case right so i think um those are some of the things and and you know it's mentally challenging all the time Everything is important as a leader, uh, some more than others, certainly. But the great leaders that I see always are very thoughtful around how they act, how they present themselves, everything. How they act, how they present themselves. Absolutely. Where does this myth come from? Why, why is this? A, is this just wishful thinking? Why is this a common misconception? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think 
you know, a lot of times when a company reaches success or a business owner reaches success and all, maybe, maybe all that's seen is, is if they are, if they travel a lot, right. If they drive a nice car, if they have a nice home, all that stuff, um, I think comes into play. I know in my experience, when I was young, before I owned my first company, I would always think that way, right? I would think, oh my God. And I still think that way. <laughs> not, not about the, it's easy. I still, one of my challenges, I always want more. And that's just yeah. a, a mental thing that I've had as a, a kid, but it's like, oh my God, like, you know, this person has done such a great job, must be easy because they have either sold their company for a significant amount or they're running a large company. But the reality is, is that, life doesn't get easier. It just gets different. It gets challenging in different ways um, to make sure that, you know, as a leader of something. You know, it's such a great point you make. I had a really, really cool conversation with a, like a young entrepreneur. And I mean, young by like where they're at and this sort of journey of, of founding companies. And, and he was asking me that same question that you're, you're smashing here. Does it, does it get easier? I think he was dealing with, you know, some recent, you know, oh, it's always the HR issues, right? Some recent mm-hmm. hiring issues. It's all about people, man. People power mm-hmm. this thing. And he was like, hey, you know, does this, does this get easier? And it's like, well, mm-hmm. you know, not to knock your pain because, you know, he had mm-hmm. lost, you know, several thousand dollars, but, <laughs> you know, it, at every different step of the, of the way of the journey, you, your thousand dollars meant more to you then, but then that problem mm-hmm. is only bigger later where maybe now you lost 30 or maybe you lost 300 or maybe you all, but so it's the scale sort of evolves with you. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, I've seen that too, where the problems get bigger, but you're a little bit bigger as you can handle them. Uh, it's like an evolution though. You like, it's a growth process. Sure. You know, I'll, I'll quote a, a mentor of mine. Oh yeah. He'll laugh. He sees this and it's all about S curves, right? So you'll, you'll run really at the beginning, it'll start slow and then you'll ramp real quick, right? And then a lot of times somebody or a company will plateau, right? So then you have to make adjustments again to get that ramp again. And then you might plateau or challenges or different things come into play. You might reach capacity, right? Then you got to escrow, then you got to solve it, right? To ultimately, you know, um, you know, you get to that point and, and hopefully you reach, finan- reach financial success, whatever that looks like to everybody. Yeah. Th- those curves really are a son of a gun, right? Like, especially that early <laughs> success, you're like, I can do no wrong. <laughs> and then the wrong yeah. happens. And it's like, oh, yeah. And it takes a little bit of fortitude to get through that downturn and to reinvent yourself mm-hmm. to your point to be able to get that next uptick. But man, that's how I think I've seen it called like the Valley of despair sometimes, you know, or mm. disillusion because you're like, Oh, wait a minute. This is nearly as cool as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Right. Right. There's always capacity issues. Always. Yeah. And when there isn't, that's a problem too. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> um, that's right. You know, you know, earlier saying it just, it's still challenging, but in different ways. And then you started talking about the different ways you've seen other people and even yourself address this and address the, the slingshots back and forth. You mentioned a couple of things. I wondered if you could go over some of the ways you think uh, how we can best ad- adjust and adapt to the challenges. I know you mentioned 
um, thoughtful in how you act, thoughtful in how you present yourself. I don't know if you have just different a list that comes to mind of the ways you really can impact this. Yeah, it's, 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 you know, I think the biggest challenge, one of the things that I, one of my toughest challenges personally is I was, I would never had a strong skill set in patience. Right. And so yeah. like, I'm always like, everything is go and everything's got to be done quick. And, and sometimes if, you know, if I'm up against time, right. I don't, I don't have a calming demeanor sometimes. Right. So one of the things that I've been trying to practice and I still got a long way to go it, and it might, and everybody handles it different, might be breathing differently. It might be just taking, you know, I didn't believe this when people say it, they just take a deep breath. And for some reason that works for me lately. Um, not, not all the time. And, and if my wife sees this, she'll definitely probably disagree with me, but in a work <laughs> environment, at least in a work environment, at least, um, there, you know, you're always trying to stay calm, right? Or even if you're not calm, and even if you're stressed out, you always have to put a smile on and be positive as much as you can, right? It's really hard. It sounds really simple. Um, but the people, especially during the pandemic and different things, everybody was challenged, right? Yeah. But it's, it's for the leadership to say, no, we got this, right? We're yeah. going to get through this, we're going to make it and, and always be positive and then and then behind behind the door once you close the door you might be like oh shit like oh, what are <laughs> yeah. we gonna do you know but but you sure. can't show that emotion you know as you as you were describing that especially against up against time you know and i and i thought about some of the times when something is urgent or i, I want something to change right now i think what i've done is i've as I've used, I've used energy instead of words, right? So I've like, I've talked in even either a nervous way, or I've talked in an excited way, when I probably could have done a better job by describing it in a better way, describing what I want, I need this to happen by 2pm, please, right? As opposed to be like, guys, this is so urgent, like, I we can't, we can't let this happen, you know, blah, 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 you know, like, and so instead of having, having the wild energy released, to, to your point, conveying that information and staying calm staying positive hey when you get this done let's go you know it'll be fine yeah yeah, yeah. um so what about the, you know, the be positive all the time and the smile is there a time mm -hmm. to not be positive or do you just whitewash <laughs> the whole time or or not <laughs> like that um is there a time i think one of the things about leadership is it's absolutely really important to have really tough, difficult conversations sometimes, right? With really good people that might work with you or for you, however you want to put it. I, I consider all the people that wor everybody works with me, right? Um, but sometimes you have to have really challenging conversations and really direct conversations. And I think that's where sometimes it's just really hard to be positive in those things um and and it's okay if you know someone is not doing the job because of one reason or another maybe they just don't love it or maybe they're not into it it's okay right. to just part as friends right and so those are the things where i think um you have to as a leader it's really important to make decisions 
really important to make decisions relatively quickly if needed. Um, and sometimes those aren't always positive. Make them quickly, you know, and how, how, even myself, how often do we wrestle with these things? Um, even before we on this podcast, I, I had one of those things where I had, and I'm like, can I delay on this? Maybe I shouldn't make it right now. And then what was interesting is my normal voice said, man, how long can we delay on this? That'd be great. <laughs> and then this other voice was like, yeah. you know what? Something about you, what you've learned over time. I think the right answer is actually the opposite. I think the right answer is like, no, let's make a decision right now, you know, um, yeah. and not delay. I, I, have you, have you ever mm-hmm. dealt with the sort of pushing off the decision-making? A- absolutely. Um, yeah. Sometimes I get caught in that situation. Another mentor, um, aim, 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 <laughs> then fire. Right. right. Um, I think, and I can talk about this later. Um, I'm reading this book, playing to win. And it's oh, cool. all around building strategy. Right. And I just started, but I'm really interested because I think that when you're making strategic decisions, like really important ones, I'm big on having a strategy to determine success and the outcome. Right. Think with the end in mind. I'm a big believer in that when you have to make big decisions. But sometimes, unfortunately, you don't have a choice. You just have to go with it and go with your gut. And hopefully that your experience as a leader um, will point you in the right direction. And many times uh, I make the wrong decision. That's okay. And you learn from it. Absolutely, man. Full of notes on this one. Learning, learning from those things is just critical, right? And I think maybe that's the thing that saves us is like, make the decision. I'll learn from what happens, but that might be the, the mindset that gets you from delaying so much as if you're like, well, I'm going to make this call and I'll reassess if it was the right thing to do, but I can't delay. It'd be better not to aim, aim, aim like you're talking about. Yeah. Sometimes you have to, or sometimes an opportunity pops up and you, you have to jump on it. You kind of go blind and just hopefully it's not one of those decisions that you lose a ton of money. Right. Yeah. So hopefully it's, it's one of those ones that works out, but trust me, I've made plenty of those where, did lose a lot of money and I learned right. from it. I don't regret it, but which I aimed a little bit longer. Yeah. Like maybe Twitter stock, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I wish I bought Bitcoin. Oh, Bitcoin. Yeah. Wasn't there a thing? Well, it was like beginning. 20 bucks and now it's worth like 20 grand or something. I don't what know. are you going to do? Right. Gonna do? I, I saw some post, uh, some internet video where some dad found six bitcoin on like an old laptop he had yeah like six full ones <laughs> it's like oh <laughs> let's cash those puppies in absolutely yeah all right well i you mentioned now you mentioned that book playing to win um is that is mm-hmm. that the most recommended book you you have these days is that is that your thing your go-to so um it's funny right i'm a business book person are you not a okay. yeah so like but I listen, read a combination of both, and I forget a lot of them. That's yeah. the honest answer. So that's the yeah. most recent one that I like. So that's the one I'm going with today. Um, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I, I heard I heard uh, the other day that Warren Buffett reads four hours a day, you know, and uh, maybe he's reading 
financial newspapers. I don't know, but I'm with you. Like some of these things, they stick, they don't stick. Um, you know that book, uh, Never Split the Difference, Chris Voss, that negotiation love book? Love it. Love it. I did too. I love the love stories. It. And for the life of me, I can't remember any takeaways from it. So every time I meet people, they're like, that's my favorite book. I'm like, what did you learn from that? Other than it's really mm. interesting being an, a hostage negotiator. And the other day I actually caught a, yeah. a Ted, a Ted talk. He talked to the Google folks mm. and there's a video of that where he broke down a couple of the takeaways, but sometimes the challenge is like, you remember the story, but you're like, how do I even apply this? Yeah. You know, so I'll listen to them. Like, even after I read them, I'll go back and listen to them again. Interesting. Uh, or part, like if I'm driving and then if I want to get fired up, if I got a big presentation going, let's say I'm traveling for a big, I'll always listen to the shortened version of the Art, Art of War. Really? There's, tell yeah. me, about, what is it? It's a shortened version? Yeah, there's like, it's like a summary, like, uh, you know, eight quick chapter on Audible. Okay, so Art of War, and it just talks about yeah, it just talks about like, you know, um, you know, making sure that you challenge an enemy at their weakest in their weaknesses, right? Don't challenge them at their strengths. Different things. Pretty interesting. Uh, so I'm looking at one of my so Art of War is did you is it does it titled something differently? Does it titled like abridged uh, or mm-hmm. shortened? Art the Art of War. Oh, so you said it's a shorter one? I see one that's like an hour, yeah, seven minutes. Oh, it's probably that long. Yeah, but you know the the regular book, um, you know, is a lot longer. Yeah, I see one that's like four hours and twenty minutes, and two hours, six hours for this other one. Uh, that's a different one. But okay, so yeah, I see one right here. It's you know an hour and seven minutes. So you're saying right before getting into a meeting, you really need to be there ready. Yeah. To, go to town you just throw a little art of war on the car ride over come ready to take on the enemy maybe it's just a couple chapters yeah well tell me about that i I mean if you've listened to several times is there a particular takeaway that you've gotten from that it just gets my mind right right so a lot of times it's it's just about getting focused Right. So a lot of times as a leader or an entrepreneur, right, your mind's all over the place. So when I if I have a big meeting, I want to make sure that I'm clear. Yeah, I'm focused. I'll probably over prepare for that meeting. Um, just so I can see what's coming, coming at me and try to predict what's going to come at me. Man, that sounds like a formidable, formidable strategy. <laughs> so I like boxing. Yeah. Boxing is right. You got to prepare. Well, I think, I think this ties even into your earlier point. I mean, I can see boxing doing this too. The idea of the, you know, the successful business owner at that, that level above whatever you're at currently, you know, anyone out there listening that one who's higher than you, right. Or I always tell the story, Mm -hmm. there's a, an airport in Nashua and there's private jets that land there. And I always think, Oh, you, but we see, we're seeing their rewards (laughs) to your point. We're seeing, the mm-hmm. outcome of all the investment, mm-hmm. like the marathon running, it isn't that two hours right there. It's the years and the and the months and days and 48 hours of running that, that occurred before that. So, you know, to that point mm-hmm. with all these other ones, it's it, boxing. It must be the same thing. It's not that day, the two minute, uh, how, how many of the rounds like, right. It's not the rounds. It's all the prep that went into it. 
everything from running to, you know, I see some of these boxers at our gyms and, and it's just amazing to watch how much they train, wow. right. To do a, a, a eight round fight, a 12 round fight, 10 round fight, whatever it is. And it's really hard. Right. Um, you think, Oh, three minutes. That's not that, that, that hard. Whew. Three minutes is really hard when someone's it, trying to. It is. Them. It is. Um, I've done some <laughs> yeah. of those, like, I think it's like an, one of those gyms called like eight round or something like that. And nine round. Yeah. Oh, no. Is it nine round? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, you're right. Three minutes of intensity is a long time. Or anyone that's ever gotten a real fight. Yeah. 30 mm-hmm. seconds is a long time. So when you see like a UFC fighter Absolutely. gas out after 20 minutes of going full tilt, you, you don't quite appreciate it unless you've actually tried to do one round. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really hard. So it, it's all that training that went into it that led to them mm-hmm. to be able to perform at that particular point in time. Uh, right. The same thing is in business. Yeah. Right? You always got to stay sharp and, yeah. um, right. EO is one of those things that, that helps me stay sharp, helps me think about things I'm not thinking about, which is really important. I don't want to, I don't want to live in my own bubble and, um, you know, not be constantly trying to learn something. Right. Right. You, you're right. It's definitely a bubble buster, right? Because you end up interfacing mm-hmm. with leaders outside your industry. I know for me, for a long time, mm-hmm. I was, you know, my, you know, my last company was all about Salesforce and we were in that ecosystem a hundred percent. Like all the events we went to, mm-hmm. so why would you go to an event that isn't in your, you know, that doesn't have your customer in it. Right. So all mm-hmm. my things were there, but then, you know, you're in an echo chamber. You're even your LinkedIn becomes an echo chamber yeah. because you're only talking to the same people and the same thought leaders, whatnot. But with, you're right with EO, you are talking to, you know, bricklayers and accountants and masons and advisors and fence builders like you everyone sure absolutely and it's great to see different perspectives yeah it really is really is great to see that Mm -hmm. um how about the future do you you see anything coming up coming Mm -hmm. around the corner you know maybe some changes happening and you're excited to see where the future goes with this yeah i think as i get older and start to get more experiences. Right. Um, I think there's a couple different things I think about in the future. I think, you know, I, I can't predict, but I think that the, the economy, the way life is right. We just all went through this pandemic. It always changes, right? All there's always something going on. Like no matter if you own a business, you're a leader of a business, or you're just an individual, there's always challenges. So I feel like as, as I continue to get older, it's much easier for me to tackle those challenges, whether they're financial, personal life, et cetera. So I think, I think as we come out of the pandemic, life's just different, right? Things are different. It gives an opportunity for us to take advantage on some of the changes, whether it's people working from home, whether it's just the way people communicate on Zoom now, right? Um, I know many of us have been using Zoom for a very, very long time, but not everybody. Now it's like normal life. And so I think that, you know, I think there's great opportunity to take advantage of some of the things, right? Like I think, and I hope this to be true, that um, people start going back to the gym, right? And, And 
Uh, and I believe that they will. Um, I believe that, you know, in the financial service industry, and that's, you know, what I do most of the time, I believe that people always need guidance and they want to talk to someone, right? So I don't think, obviously, there's always fintech and technology coming into the financial service world. Right. Apps and stuff. I'm yeah, a, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But at the end of the day, people like, I believe that people like to call someone and say, you know, if, if they are looking for an advisor, they look some, what do you think, what would you do if you were me, right? Mm -hmm. Take me through a process to help me make a good financial decision versus having to research and do it on your own. Now, I think people will research when I first started in 2001, 2002, right? It was a little different. There wasn't, you know, not everybody did all the research or they didn't have all the accessibility of the stuff that they do now, right? So it's okay that people research, but at the end of the day, people are still going to, especially if they're making tough financial decisions, they're going to want to talk to somebody that is an expert in that field. And that's why, so I'm, I'm still very positive on the financial service industry and what we provide. Yeah. The reality is with the growth of real estate and the way the the market's been for the last 10 years, people are just a lot wealthier than they were 10 years ago. Right. Just right. Even if they, even if they didn't get raises in their job, just wealth has grown in certain parts of the, the industry. Yeah. Or the, yeah. I'm sorry, in the geographic area. Right. Right. But these, right. We are getting out, right. We are masks aren't required anymore. We're, we are getting back out there. And so, you're right to call out what were the ways we were acting beforehand. And unless there's some other reason for it not to return to that, of course it would, because it, it happened in the first place because we wanted to work out in a, you know, in a place other than our home or with the people around us. Some people want that home gym and no one to interrupt them. Mm -hmm. Some people want the energy that comes from everyone else kicking their own butt at the same time, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. getting back out to the, the old normal will be interesting. I'm sure, you know, some things will remain the same, not some people working more from home and that kind of thing. But at the same time, just as many as, as, as the introverts are excited to stay home, there are also people or those with long commutes. There's also people that are dying to get back out there and hang out with people. And, and if you think about it, not, not everyone has the ability to work from home. What I yeah. mean by that is if you think about, you know, a very expensive condo in Boston right now or apartment in Boston, it's really expensive. And if you and your significant other are there and it's a one bedroom, right? Like it's really hard to be able to do, to work at home together. Right. Right. If you're, if you're both doing that. So, and just the same, it's really hard in the city to, to like goes off, to work out. Right now in the suburbs, yeah. it might be different. So it's, it's coming up with those different things that the new world um, is like. Yeah. Yeah. What are yeah, the new things and, and all that? Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, my next question is just, who are you? Who are you? I've known you for a while, <laughs> but like, take me back to like little yeah. Mike days. What was it like growing yeah. up? You Did you know you're going to become, you know, uh, an entrepreneur, running business, advisor, a creator, a founder, all these things? No, um, little Mike. Um, yeah, little Mike. What was, was it like? Kid, 
yeah, when I was a kid, my early teens, I, I would get in a lot of trouble. Um, <laughs> I was not on a great path and, and, um, which is probably, I have two really good parents, right? They were really loving and I was very lucky to have that. Um, even though they, I, I didn't grow up, they were divorced at an early age. They were amazing. Um, getting in a lot of trouble, not doing well in school. Um, I can't put a, a finger on why, but it is what it is. At age 15, I was out with a group of friends and I was being a punk and I was in a, uh, I was hanging outside of a strip mall and a, um, what I thought was a, uh, really ugly beat up car, which is really stupid. Punk. And we made fun of it. Right. So car went to the end of the strip mall, turned around and ran me and my friend over and took off and left. And I broke my entire face. No I had a way. major concussion. My, my teeth uh, came out or the job all came down. And so, and then I was homeschooled for a month. Luckily my brain stopped bleeding and major concussion and, Damn. and I lived. Yeah. Right? So, and they caught the person three or four days later, they found like a broken front windshield Damn. and a, and they found. So long story short, what the, what re, what happened, the really positive part of that story, it changed my life and changed my life for the better. Um, I started to get good grades. I ended up going to college. I ended up being a financial advisor right out of college. And it, it made me think about always not to have regrets, always to um, appreciate everything because it could be taken away really quick. It, it taught me to appreciate people's kindness and always be aware of people's kindness. Um, it sounds cliche, but it really taught me to live every day like it's my last. And I don't do that, right? But sometimes I think I do, but it, it does make me make decisions that might be a little riskier or um, a little outside the box or possibly a little aggressive than I, than I wouldn't have prior. So that, Man. that's me. How, how, I mean, was just, and can you explain it? You're just in, you're just homeschooled, mm -hmm. you're, you're recovering. And then For something was like, I don't days, want yeah. any more of this or like, what made you do that 180? It's really scary for those that have, when you almost die, mm. it's like, you know, you're sitting there and I've, I've had another major concussion when I was 29, a bad accident. And so, but when you almost die, it gives you a different perspective on life. It, to me, it did. And you're like, oh, I don't want to live like that. Or I want to make something in my life. Or, you know, I, you know, I'm 42 now. So I, I don't know exactly what I was thinking about at 15, but I know this, I know it. I, I was failing out of school prior and then I got better. Right. And then I, I started going to class and I just appreciated it more. I appreciated the opportunity that my parents were giving me to go to public school and to, and to live the life. So I just appreciated things more. Uh, and that would made me change that perspective. Wow. Well, I, yeah, I can just see in you know, that teenage mind, you're just like, mm -hmm. I, I want more than this. This is not, this is also not my story. Yeah. It's not how I'm going out, you know? Yeah. How'd your friend fare? Did they make a turn as well? Would they kind of? Yeah, they, 
yeah, they broke a leg. Yeah. So it wasn't as bad. So they didn't miss any school or anything, but they were, they, uh, yeah, they turned it around as well. Man, man, weird, weird, but I mean, how is it, is it a blessing? It's weird to think about now though. Right. I mean, it's such a traumatic thing, but at the same time you turned it around. Like, how do you, how do you label that nowadays? That whole experience. Mm. It was life-changing, right? Like, um, you know, I just, I just had to get implants in my teeth finally after so I knew they were going to have to come out at some point yeah. um, from 15, just did it. So that was uh, not a great experience no. getting implants in your teeth, but um, you know, it just, it just, I think it shaped a lot of who I am. Yeah. Yeah. Powerful. You know what? I can't tell. Again, you're the best dressed <laughs> guy in all of EO, you know, oh, thanks, you're, thanks. you're our, you're our, co- you're our cover cover model yeah. Yeah, don't, don't let <laughs> put you on all the marketing know you said that <laughs> <laughs> no put you on all the marketing and like wow and they dress really nice at eo events yeah well mike does <laughs> <laughs> oh man what a powerful that's story fine. man uh, that's i'm so mm. glad that you're able to come through that but also you know that now i know you because of all the things you've created mm. and met you at eo as well um and you know you know that you were at what age at that point 15 15 you know normally i ask this question of you know if you can go back in time and meet yourself in your early 20s what kind of advice would you give yourself i don't would you would you talk to that person or was that person almost on their way but what what kind of things would you would you tell yourself it's a great it's a great question i thought a lot about this um you know, I've made, we talked a lot about some of the business mistakes I've made and yeah. investments I've made that didn't go well. And I don't regret any of those, right? Because I learned from it. I don't get me wrong. I'm not wealthy enough that it didn't matter. Right, right. Yeah. Um, it matters, but I, I don't regret them. Um, what I do regret um, coming up, even in my early 20s, when I spend time with my family and loved ones, I'm not always present. And again, this, you've probably heard this before, but one thing I changed, like, I, I wish I would, I'd always be on the move. I'm still always on the move, but when I'm with my family and loved ones, I I try to be as present as I can be. And again, that doesn't happen all the time, especially like during the week, right? During the week, like things come at you, but, but if I could turn back time, I would, I would tell myself to you know, focus more on being present with family, at least on the, on the weekends or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you have any strategies how you do that now? Nope. Still working on it. Me too. Oh. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Still, still very much working on it. Um, I wonder, I wonder if there's something around, I've heard some people talk about like giving yourself some time to decompress when you come home. Um, mm-hmm. So that you're not still thinking about that thing and you got to sort of work it through and then be able to focus. Otherwise it's just going to be too much of a draw, some kind of way of, and also hopefully not working at home too. I have mm. a friend who you know, the office is in the same room as the bed. And it's like, mm-hmm. you know, the same place you go to war is mm. the same place that you're trying to lay down your head and, and yeah. rest. That's, that's yeah. tough, tough, but Re- separating really things tough. out, you know, drawing a line. I do not have a solution. I, I just got to be cognizant of it 
try to do it. I try, you know, little things like uh, I use two cell phones, like one's personal, one's work. And oh. like, so at least I can try to shut off. Um, like a drug dealer. Stuff. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, is that I what know. they're doing? Is that like, what the drug dealers are doing? Yeah. They're, they're separating like, work from, from home. So they've got their work phone and they, no, but that's actually, that's an interesting be. idea because you're right. I mean, do I have the, do I have the fortitude to not check the email? Sometimes I just click it automatically. And it's like, how did that get up there? Well, because I touched it because I'm so used to yeah. having it load. And I'm still not good at that, right? I yeah. still check my phone all the time, which I get, a, you know, anyway. But yeah, I, I don't have a solution, but try for it. Yeah. I mean, it's a work in progress, right? We're all, that's what we're all doing mm-hmm. at EO, really. It's just, it's just mm-hmm. figuring out every step of the way. And there's always something to improve, you know? Yeah. Definitely. So how can people connect with you if they want to reach out? What's some good platforms some good URLs, websites, all that jazz? Yeah, sure. I think um, probably, uh, you know, my, my website, but my email is always good. Um, you know, on the financial side, uh, Mike Moran at financialguide.com probably the easiest one that's a good one is that your domain no okay no <laughs> like financial guide that's pretty okay. cool <laughs> yeah what about what about websites Easy. um for for the partners for the group um for the gym all that yeah yep um so it's cfgbrokeragenetwork.com that's one of them and okay. then uh for everybody fights it's everybodyfights.com there it is. Everybody. So that one, and I would say go on there, try a free class. If you tried nine rounds, um, you should definitely try Everybody Fights. It's fun. Okay. Um, and there is, I believe, there is an EO discount for all members. Oh, no kidding. So, but, try, but try it. You know, reach out, try it. Oh, try definitely. it for a week. Yeah. Oh, you, got, you got New Hampshire locations. What the hell? What? Yeah, that's one of our one of our franchises. So we are a franchisor as well. Oh, wow. Um, oh yeah. You got New Hampshire, mass, Il- Illinois, New York, mm-hmm. Georgia. Hell yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Seaport, Saugus. And where's that last, the, the Fidey? Where's that at? Downtown? Oh, the financial district. Yeah. Oh, financial district. One federal street. Yeah. That one's wow. fun. Wow. 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 So you, and where's that New Hampshire location? Studio rock. Salem. Salem. <laughs> yeah. We got some fighters out in the Salem area. We got to get one in. We got to get yeah. one in Nashua. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is, yeah. Great photos, man. So yeah, I'll just encourage everybody get a, get a class over. Everybody fights. Get the EO discount in there. Yeah. Work yourself First out class a little free. bit. Try it. My my one of my partners is also an EO member. Oh hell yeah! What's his name? Mm-hmm. Anthony. Anthony. Shout out to Anthony. Yeah. You know, something about smashing something with your with your fist versus, say, you know, <laughs> curling something or shooting something with a, you know, it's just it's just one of those. It's very primal, right? It's just something about that act, you know. Great stress reliever. Yeah. Great. It's great. In the back of my mind, it's like this is a double use practical exercise right now. I am getting healthier, yeah. and I am preparing my weapons in case I ever need them. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so good. 
So good. Well, Mike, thanks for coming on hey. here, man. This has been like, this has no been a problem. lot of fun hashing out topics with you, talking about the future, talking about training, the S curves, decisions, playing to win, all the different things you've been throwing out there. I just really appreciate this. Awesome. Casey, thanks for having me. I look forward to seeing you at the next EO event. Make sure uh, it's fun now that we're all going to be getting back together again. Oh, yeah, I'm dying to do that, man. It's been great to uh, start getting back at those in-person EO events for sure. Um, and next, I want to speak to everyone listening. So if you have learned something, and I know you have because I have freaking two pages of notes front and back over here, then, then share this episode with somebody else. That is the definition of thought leadership. It's just getting content that you found valuable into other people's hands. Share it on LinkedIn, on the platforms you like. Hey, one person, two people, 3,000 people, whatever it is, just get this content in other people's hands. Conversations that Mike talked us through around the, you know, the challenge that increases, but the way we can handle it, the patience, the decision-making, the tough conversations, all these good things. Really important to get this to other people's hands. And with that, Mike, thank you again, sir, for a great, great time. Thank you, Casey. See you soon. All right, bro. everybody. This has been another exciting episode of Leadership in Action. We will see you all next time. Leadership in Action is sponsored by the Boston chapter of the Entrepreneurs Organization. As the world's only peer-to-peer -peer network exclusively for entrepreneurs, EO helps transform the lives of those who transform the world.